Success is not final. Failure is not fatal. It is the courage to continue that counts. You are now tuning in to the Roughnecks Podcast with your host, Cole Nixon. Much love. One last thing before we get into today's episode. A lot of people ask how they can support the podcast. Well, I have a couple easy ways. The first way is just listen and subscribe. And another thing you can do is go follow the Roughnecks podcast on social media. We're on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Facebook, and YouTube as well. If you get something out of today's show, then do me a favor. Share it with a friend. If you really want to go above and beyond to support the podcast, then head over to roughneckspodcast.com and get you some of that merch. I appreciate all of the support, but let's get into today's episode. He's already nervous. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Rough Next Podcast. This is episode one. He just took your song. <laughs> one twenty-one, I believe. And joining me today is none other than Tech Girl, <laughs> Sierra McConnell, aka my girlfriend, my lovely girlfriend. Welcome to the Rough Next Podcast. Usually, you're from the outside looking in. Now you're you're in. You talked me into it. Yeah, you're not thrilled about it. You were. You said you would do a Q&A Friday or like a drinking episode, but you weren't too fond of being a guest. And I talked to you into being a guest. Nope. <laughs> you're still here doing it? Nope. Not like, I mean, yeah, you're still here. He has your sock again. Rep. The new mascot of the podcast has been terrorizing us. One second. Brooks O. Brooks. You are something else. We just put a cat door in. Do you think the cats will ever figure it out? Nope, because fat ass wasn't even incentivized by treats. <laughs> he was. He just didn't have the like. And I don't. I don't think they quite understand. Like, all you got to do is literally walk through it. He pitifully pulled at the <laughs> glass. Like, did you see while you were hello? at work the video I sent you? I didn't even get the good one, but he was like staring at me and going. And like hitting the door, like, come open this thing. The see through prison cell. <sighs> this is why I have to record downstairs now when it's a normal guest episode. But, so, I'm going to kick it off just like I do every episode. You got to do it. Let's see how good you can do, how much you like to do it. Give a background on who you are. <laughs> Why were you so opposed to doing a guest episode? I don't really, even though they can't see me, I'm not, I don't, I'm not a big public speaker and no offense, but I really hope this episode does not get very many views. <laughs> I hope this is your lowest viewed episode. I don't think it will be. That's what's funny. Are you going to share it on your social media? No, <laughs> I don't need people to know I did this. Well, it's going to be all over mine. Uh, background. There's not much. Where you're from? To me, I was 
born and raised here in Newark. Well, Hanover went to Licking Valley High School, graduated 15, went to Otterbein University for four years, um, got my bachelor's degree in nursing, um, moved back home and started my nursing career at Licking Memorial Hospital. There it is. That's all. That's all it is to you. You left out like that. You were a three-sport athlete, won state championship in softball, did some of that other stuff as well. No, it was, it was high school stuff. What do you mean you don't want to live in high school anymore? No, no, not particularly. Why not? Left that behind when I graduated. Brooks, you are being obnoxiously loud for no reason. Oh no, not the squeakers. Um, so, but what we are going to talk about today is what you just got done doing. So I'm, I'm sure you're thrilled about to be able to talk about this after a 12 hour shift. Well, it's almost like 13 by the time you get home, dude, go lay down. But nursing, what made you decide to go get into like, why was that your career path that you decided to take? Well, it wasn't my first you know original plan in high school i was kind of leaning more towards being a physical therapist given my history of three acl surgeries throughout high school all before i graduated and spent a lot of time with the athletic trainer megan pretty much dedicated one of her therapist uh tables she said i'm going to dedicate this in your name since you know, we've spent three years of doing therapy together. I don't know, but with my family is a little bit more nursing background. My mom uh, is an LPN and she's been working at the home health care for 11 years now, 11, 12 years. My aunt is a director of nursing over at Friendship Village, a nursing home. She oversees the in and outs of all the nurses and staff, make sure the residents are cared for. And she's done that for years. My grandma worked at a facility in New Albany and so I've kind of you know just been around it um kind of got exposed to it pretty young both my grandpas um had some they had that with their health issues I don't know I just feel like um I feel like I would have made a bigger impact as a nurse you know a little bit quicker school I didn't really want to be in school for was it six years for a physical at least six years at least six so I think it went up because I was that was something like, you know, when I was in high school, I was talking about, and the trainer at our school was like, it actually, like the schooling, he's like, I think, I think he went for six. And I think it's eight now. I could be. I, I mean, you, you have your, your, you know, your doctorate. So, yeah. Um, so I decided to go, uh, you know, with the bachelor's and, you know, did my four years at Otterbein because I knew, you know, I plan on moving back home. So where all my family's at. And, uh, I knew Lucky Memorial um, was, you know, once you were employed, because um, they're going for, you know, there's a certain accreditation, you know, they get with nonprofit, being a non-for-profit. Once so many or all of your nurses have their BSN, you get a certain accreditation, you get some funding. So I knew they were going to require it within a certain period of time of being hired. So I was like, I hey, might as well just go work it out and just get it done. What? What what's the schooling like? Like, what are the classes that you have to take? Because Ohio Wesleyan doesn't necessarily offer. Like, what is your major 
technically nursing or is it technically on like it's nursing um so your bachelor's it's your bsn bachelor's of science and nursing um so i mean freshman year you, like at least through autobahn you know all programs might work differently um based on my uh, act score gpa all that stuff you could or i went to autobahn or you know freshman year kind of apply and based on your certain scores you know they only let so many people in to the nursing program for spots based on you know their clinicals and you know they can only have so many people so <clears throat> based on my score i actually got i was kind of in the top i was one of the guaranteed spots and then you know everyone else kind of went through a process to get in but freshman year is kind of more like prereqs yeah your general you know, education your general, classes your your anatomy one your what are you doing to this thing is yours cutting out too yeah test test it's kind of really like i don't know high pitch how's it sound now tell me when to stop test test all right my yeah. all right yeah is it back to crap that's kind of it sounds the same as before but Oh, oh well. It is what it is, I guess. Where were we? Schooling. Schooling. So, yes, freshman, freshman year is pretty much... Is the recording going to sound like this? It shouldn't. I think it's just the headphones. Okay. I, I just want to make sure... I just want to make sure... <laughs> I think that's... Not, I thought I had... I don't know. I can't get this figured out. That sounds a, a little bit better. Um. So freshman year basically prereqs uh all right you're not stop it <laughs> we just put it on normal this is what you act like <laughs> this child is what you act like mm-hmm. all right we're back to normal <laughs> you can sleep in the dog kennel tonight What's brooks needs some company all right, so I'm going to begin. Back at the pre For the third time, um, <laughs> schooling. Yes, freshman year, prereqs. And this is deja vu. Your anatomy one, um, you have some, you know, whatever. If you have any math, I had to do statistics and, you know, just general classes like that. And then you get into sophomore year, and it's split up in semester, you know, your semesters. And there's that autobahn, they only do certain classes, certain semesters, so like, you know, mm-hmm. fall semester. Like if you, if someone failed one of the nursing classes fall semester, they had to wait until the next fall semester to resume the nursing. Program. And then some of those classes too, which that was always the worst. Like if you missed it, like or like you know filled up before you signed up for it, or you failed it, and it has like you can't even go to the next class sometimes because it has like the prerequisites. You have to pass that class before you can go on the next class. So yeah, that, yeah. Um, luckily, I never had to deal with that. Yeah. So like you know, fall semester, freshman year is kind of like you know you're introduction to nursing you know you go through all the basics you're you know you learn the basic assessment and stuff and then you know you kind of add on your skills you have lab checkoffs you have to go do where you have to like you know score pass or else you gotta you know retry because these are certain like skills you're gonna be doing on patients you have to be able to do it right like you know sterile field catheters you know there's you know all kinds um then you have your clinicals that you also do on top of your labs um how long is that so it depends. So like, you know, your, my very first clinical was kind of just like introduction to like, you know, doing health assessments, health histories. So for fall semester, sophomore, so very first nursing semester, first clinical, um, 
we went to a nursing hall, a nursing facility, um, residence and, you know, you would, you would be once a week. This one was only three or four hours, I believe. Um, cause you know, we couldn't really do, it was, you know, practicing your manual blood pressures and asking questions and, and just kind of getting to know, like getting that bedside manner, kind of just like talking, you know, to your patient, kind of getting that part down. So, um, what my resident that I had, she was actually a retired nurse. So, mm, so, she... so it's pretty cool that, you know, she, you know, trying to, you know, point, talking about how nursing was in, she was probably, I mean, I think she, I remember she, right. She was like in her eighties, ninety, you know, so she had a lot. It was really cool to hear how different or how far along all of this technology and everything has come, um, and all of her stories and stuff like that. So that was, I got pretty lucky with that one. That was pretty fun. Um, and then my next one, which um, amazing experience, I was at Grant um, in the TICU, which is the trauma ICU. So got to see a lot of cool stuff. The only thing that sucked was at that point, we weren't doing, um, we didn't have very many like our skills checkoffs. So you can't actually do the skill at your clinical until you've been checked off in lab. So there was a lot of stuff I got to watch, but couldn't really be hands on. Um and we, you know, we had this one who, uh, he was in a motorcycle accident, kind of degloved, waist down, so like he had a lot of skin grafts, burns. Ew. So they had a lot of dressings. Which See, you have your I eyes are lighting wounds. up, and you're like excited, and I'm like, ew. I love wounds, and that's why I'm excited for my new job coming up. Um, getting to do a lot more hands-on with that. Um, so that was really, I mean, it was really, it was so cool to watch. You still learn a lot watching. I'm just a very big hands-on. Yeah, um, if I'm gonna watch it, I want to learn. I want to do it. <laughs> you know, I love like I learned a lot better doing hands-on. Um, so that that was I'm but I was still super grateful and you know I had I had really great clinical experiences between Grant um, Riverside and we did get to do about seven weeks at Children's. Um, which itself was a little there's some sad moments there and you know, that's yeah. why I, I I knew peds was not for me even from the beginning. I knew that was not something um, I personally wanted to do um, to handle. Just I know that's yeah. The, I that's I feel like one of the toughest <laughs> to deal with. Like nurse, I mean, I could be wrong, but like some that's some of the toughest stuff. Like just you're trying so hard to help, but it's still when you try to keep yourself together for your patient and their parents and and stuff like that. And but it's there's we, only sometimes. even some of the situations you see like um there was a good handful of kids um on the wing i was on where you know their their parents just weren't present the entire their entire hospital stay they were there for weeks and you know just no one came so i mean a lot of my clinical and uh, with it being peds and children like um there was a lot we you know even if we learn it or did it in lab like you know it was probably you know we couldn't do it so i mean we got to do some stuff it was still you know good learning experience so a lot of the time we got to just kind of hang out and hold play with the kids you know do that and so that was enjoyable that was fun um yeah so that's kind of you know the school you have um, what was your of all the classes that you had to take and or even your clinicals or whatever like what was your favorite class that you had to favorite oh i don't necessarily um i kind of i really like the not the community class not necessarily um the content like the class itself but the clinicals we got to do i, I really i enjoyed the uh clinicals for our 
community nursing. So kind of like um, do when we went, oh, what do we do? Two, two weeks we went to um, Twin Valley, the psychiatric hospital. That was a lot of fun. <laughs> and it was a little, a little scary. Um, definitely made me realize, you know, because I've always been very interested in psychology. That was my favorite classes in like high school, my favorite prereqs there at, um, at Otterbein. But yeah, definitely knew I, I didn't want to do that. That would have been, that probably would have burnt me out pretty quick. I mean, we don't get me wrong, you know, in the hospital and patient setting, you still get your, you know, psych background, you know, and stuff, but it's not primarily what you're there (laughs) treating them for. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, they just have us go, you know, right there in like kind of the common area outside the rooms where they're a lot, you know, they come out to watch TV, they have cards. So a lot of time we kind of just sat there and play cards um, and you just kind of talk to them. They had you interact with them first. And then the last part of the clinical is when you would go through like their charts, talk to the nurse, you know, kind of look at their meds, stuff like that. And just there's some, some stuff that I couldn't, couldn't believe based on talking to them. But aren't most of them like, I would have never guessed why they were bit? there. Not necessarily. I mean, they're all, you know, I mean, they, you know, it's they, get, like they get like, their segment, they, uh, you know, they get their medications yeah. to kind of help control, you know what's going on but like yeah after like what i had seen or how i had talked to them like things they said like about their you know like oh easy going like i mean i never there was another nothing ever crazy happened there you know during our clinical but um like the way you talk to them or the way they talk to you and how they talk about and then reading the chart you're just like oh yeah never would have guessed that That escalated quickly very um i mean this one gentleman was you know, yeah, my daughter, you know, I can't wait to, you know, once I'm out, see my daughter, reunite, we have all these plans to do this, this, and this, like, you know, I can't wait, like, I really miss my family, go look at his chart, and he had tried to burn the house down with his family, you know, like, it was stuff like that, you're just like, oh, wow, okay. Yeah, he's, it was really, that's why he's excited but, to see prop, like, the nurses that do that, I mean, there's definitely take special, special people to be able to you know, do that and all the props to them because, you know, these patients do need, you know, the help. It's, and that's just not a particular area of where I would want to. Every, I feel like every nurse is like special in their own type mm-hmm. of way. Like, you know, I already talked about Pete's now, like those, type, like every, every, whatever, I don't, is it field or mm-hmm. class? I don't, how, what do you, area call type it? of nursing? Yeah. Is, you know, whatever it is. Of there's a special like unique value that they bring to the table Mm -hmm. so now on the contrary to that what was your worst class which one did you hate really i mean even though i did really well at it just because it was kind of easy to set pharmacology Hmm? pharmacology what is that medicate like that you have to learn what medication there's two names that are to medication the brand name the generic name you know, how to know both of them, uh, what it's for, how it treats what it's for. So, like, you know, you had to know the, what are you doing? Nothing. Oh, you're over here hitting buttons. Um, Sounds better now, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. It's because I didn't realize uh, old Brooks flipped it to KTV instead of MC. All right. Whatever those mean. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> 
<laughs> so MC that. sounds better. <laughs> I'm a pretty great tech girl. I don't even know what that means. Um, which, speaking of, you got to do your own, your own tech work tonight. No one's here to do picture. You know, yeah, I'm his personal photographer, all of that. Hold on. Babe, redo that. <laughs> okay, you have to. Can you count or like let me see what's going on? One. Hold on. I messed up my. There we go. Messed up my headphones. All right. One, two, three. Yep. Yeah, you guys will see that look, on the. Uh, look great after working 12 hour. The old Graham. Fifth. So, um, yeah, we got to turn some light on if we're going to do that. Yeah, we don't want to do any picture. You can just put a picture of us or something. Um, okay, where were we at? Oh, worst class. yes, worst class. It was just, I mean, it was just a lot of very straightforward. I mean, it's very easy to study and stuff. I just, it was just one of those things that like wasn't interesting to it's me. It's just kind of boring and bland. It's basically it's just like, oh my God, so many flashcards. Get into the pharmaceutical class, how it, um, the, you know, the actual, how it affects the body, what it does. Like, oh, your metoprolol is your, beta blocker so it does this to this these receptors in your body to do this to the heart the kidneys so that it affects the blood like it was you lost me at the first word yeah, whatever I figured, that was. but you know <laughs> it's that's how it is it was stuff like that and um you know i don't know side effects adverse effects certain ones have certain um you know things you get to kind of counteract what's going on it's you know it was just that was probably my least class <laughs> Even though it was the one I did the best, probably the one I did the best in. Well, I feel like you're good at like memorizing. So it was just one of those very straightforward, you know. It is or it isn't. It is, yeah. You didn't it's have to go through, you know, five x plus six c equals i minus seventeen and a half quarter sixteenth. Yeah, it wasn't like you know your general nursing like in class questions where it's like select all the player which answer is the best you know where there's some that are you know you got a couple that are right but which one's better that's see i don't even like that i i hate that, that is, because <clears throat> i feel like it also it's not always there it it, it depends on the person person situation you know it's, so but yeah influx is you know i mean you have your multiple choice you have the but is the, you know the select all that apply or which one is more true stuff like that Mm, mm, I don't like that. I'm gonna get different headphone jacks. Yeah, this one keeps cutting in and out. Well, it doesn't help that we're like have to be close. So I want to get longer ones, but which I thought these were longer. They weren't. What is the day to day like as a nurse? I know, obviously, probably not every day is the same. You got different stuff every single day. You might have a few of your patients that you know you see, but then. That only lasts for a few days, and then you have maybe another. Like, but what's the day to day like as a registered nurse? Like the emphasis there. Third. Um, prevention. I mean, you arrive, you have your charge nurse. Because you work seven to seven. Yes. Seven a.m. to seven p.m. You used to work nights, but ever since we've known each other, it's been seven a.m. to seven p.m. I did night shift my first two years, um, and then. February of last year. Um, so it's been a little over a year now that I've switched. So you used to work 7P seven, 7 to 7A. Yep. And, and now, now you I work 7A to 7A. Yep. Which do you like? 
I like the day shift. I'm I like the day shift a lot better for my own person like sleep, health, you know, I just on that night shift routine, which at first coming out of college you're still on that booze, stay up late, you know, to study or I'm out all night drinking like you know, sleeping like sleep all day, you know, and um so you know, coming out of college that was pretty easy to, you know, and you're like, Oh yeah, man, I wanna make more money. You know, you have that shift if and all that um but it, it definitely catches up to you winter didn't mind it so much because i mean what is there to do mm-hmm. in the winter um i could work i could sleep summer is when it was like oh man like it's nice out i want to stay out and enjoy the sun but i just work 12 hours i want to sleep mm-hmm. and just trying to flip your sleep schedule back and forth to try and accommodate to certain events or plans or you know to have somewhat of a social life and no matter how much sleep i could sleep for 12 hours so i'd have nothing that day or the next day didn't matter i was still like it's like i had no sleep and it was hard and you know i'd come home and i'd try to only sleep for a couple hours if i didn't have to work that night or if i you know i was off two three days in a row but then it's like for some reason i was still up all night it was just the most chaotic um yeah i feel like that'd be the hard part is your days off trying like you you're gonna be up all night every night just Mm because you're kind of like, yeah, you might fall asleep for a couple hours, but you're just, still, still just up. felt like I had no energy, no, just, you know, by the end of that to yourself. So I made the switch to day shift, which the only thing that ever kept me from doing that was, you know, everyone was like, oh, you know, because you think about the shift, if you think about that pay cut. But in the grand scheme of things, I was like, my energy level, my health, my schedule, like, you know, it's worth it to me. And I don't even know. I mean, there's still, it, I don't even notice it. Like, I'm, you know, I'm glad I finally didn't let that hold me back. Um, so yes, yeah, so I like day shift a lot more than I did night shift. Um, day to day, day to day though. You so yeah, I work seven to seven. You get there, um, beginning of the shift. You know, the charge nurse makes the assignments. You know, you get your patient, you get papers kind of printed out with the kind of like basic overlook of them. Um, you go out. Find the nurse at the patient all night. You get you go to the room, um, do your bedside report on that patient. That way, if there's anything you know that was maybe missing, report the patient's a part of that. Um, that way, they can hear you know that we're talking about them, what we're saying, what's going on. Um, you know, because sometimes patients might forget a thing or two, or um, we might get to mention something or report, and they're like, "Oh, hey, no, I ha- did this at this," and you're like, "Oh, yeah." So. Um, very important to include them and you know it is their care you know their right to kind of know the whole deal um after that i usually go log on to the computer um assign myself to my patients uh overlook the previous doctor's notes um just see if there's anything in their you know history or anything that got missed in report by chance uh overview the patient's history look at any fluids you look at their medications um normally the medications are kind of done and there's a couple big med passes normally um morning and night 9 a.m 9 p.m so you got your big morning med pass um check make sure you and your diabetic patients check the sugars you know there's a lot of stuff i look their orders or do i have any dressing changes uh, make sure all the orders are being followed through like the heart monitor and you know there's just so many little little things um you got to go through and doctors around and you start getting new orders and um but the basic is you get report look over everything make sure you got all the details on your patient that way nothing's a surprise um that their care goes smoothly your day goes a lot smoother when there's no surprises 
unnecessary surprises popping up. And that way, you know, when doctors or family calls in, you can answer all the questions. Once you get your med pass, then you get a chart, you know, so much to chart. <laughs> That's, you know. What's your favorite part? Not really. <laughs> um, I personally like to be in my patient's room, uh, even just sitting there talking to them or, you know, whatnot. I, I hate staring at the computer all day. It's, you know, it's, it's a very important aspect of the job, but definitely my least favorite because you know when you you look at that, that's what doctors look at you know the notes that are put in that's those are the very important facilitating facilitating you know the care during the stay and after so all of those notes are used for you know insurance like you know the pt notes for insurance stuff like that and then you know answer any doctor's questions make sure all their tests are scheduled that they needed and it's basically just a continuous you know medications chart Take care of your patients, do any of your dressings. Then at the end of the day, get a report to the next person coming on. Make sure they have all the information they need, set them up for success, and put the patient up for success. What's the typical, like, what's a normal amount of patients to have? So typically they try to make it like wonders, try to keep it anywhere from four to five. For safety, you know, mm-hmm. that way you're not overloaded, overwhelmed, patient safety. But as of late, that is very hard to accommodate. Well, I feel um, like, and that's not just your hospital. That's like oh, across no, the country. like And not even just in hospitals, nursing homes. Um, they're all short-staffed. It's um, that and just like, a lot of people got burnt out and I went looking for, you know, work from home. They're like, man, like, I, I kind like, of Was get it out from, like, COVID when that thing, the burnout started? There was a big burnout with that. Because, you know, during that time, that's just, like, you're kind of, like, balls to the wall. Like, mm-hmm. there's there was no stopping. Um, I mean, mainly it's a thing that, you know, everyone was learning as we were going. You know, there's always something new popping up. And it was just, you know, even everyone, including doctors, you're learning as you're going. And I feel like that was tough as a nurse. Like, if you had a COVID patient, like, you're getting asked all these questions by the patient. And it's like, I'm telling you this, what, today? But, like, tomorrow I might be telling you something different. You know, yeah, like, uh, you know, we have a thing. It's called best practice. You know, you, people, like, you know, review, like, you know, one one month this could be the best practice for this. In any any medical, not just COVID. Mm-hmm. And then another month, it could be something could be found that no, this is best best practice. So things were always changing. Um, things were always, you know, you have the strength. You know, it's always evolving. So it's definitely, you know, you're kind of working with what you had when you as you were going. And that was, it wasn't even that we were short staffed during that point. That was just census was through the roof. Mm-hmm. So a lot of a lot of people got burnout kind of towards the end. Um, of that huge last surge that we had. And then after that, it does, even though those were dying down, it was like just the general patient sense it. It just, you know, it just goes up. It just felt like it was never coming down. Um, a lot of people left. A lot of people, you know, wanted to work from home or, you know, went to doctor's offices. And um, for some reason, I don't know, because I was just talking to my manager the other day about it because of how short staff we are right now and it's not even like you know anything's bad at the hospital to where we should be this short staffed it was just you know with everyone leaving no one was applying no one was wanting to come in that's that's the crappy part if you can you can have a turnover rate but if you don't have anybody coming in and you have people leaving it doesn't matter like what industry it is like it's not gonna go well they had i think she said maybe one or two RNs applying the last six months. Damn. 
And that's within the last, you know, that's within graduation. Just this past two weeks, we've had four or five leave, four or five nurses leave. Mm. So, yeah, it's been, especially, you know, weekends are just uh, insane. And then you have your, you know, call-offs. You, know, you usually have at least one or two call-offs. I mean, so this past weekend, Saturday morning, started off 10 patients. Felt bad because I'm like, what's your name again? Here's your meds. By the time I'm done with my rounds, it might be two or three hours before I see you again. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like I was, you know, I was barely in there, barely was able to, you know, know what was going on with my patient. I mean, I knew the important things. I knew what I needed to know, but I didn't know the extra to give them, you know, the extra care or to make sure everything was in place or mm-hmm. that, you know, everything was done that needed to be done. That way, night shift didn't have, you know, extra things on their plate to do on top of what they needed to do during their time. So it was very hard. Um, today it was a little bit better at seven, seven patients. So a little bit more. It's you know good, but not good that I've kind of gotten used to you know being able to manage seven yeah, to eight patients. Shouldn't be not used too, to it, but not too bad. Yeah, it's it's that's. I mean, it's tough for like. And you look at imagine like a like a classroom with kids. But you had to give them a lunch. Like anytime you feed kids, almost it's kind of like that. I feel like that's a similar analogy of like you know you, you're trying to you want to get this done. You're helping this person, but then you have to like turn around and help this person, and then this person needs something, and that person needs something, and you're just going back and forth that you don't actually like you said spend the time with your patient. And I feel like as being in the hospital, like if you're in the hospital, obviously it's probably like you're not necessarily happy like it sucks you don't want to be there oh no you definitely have some of those that are like uh yeah don't want to be here you have the ones that are dragged there by family you have ones that came in thinking it was going to be a you know quick fix and they're end up being admitted for 18 days and uh you know they're just you know and and it's like came here for help you know i'm trying to help trying to do my job i understand i wouldn't want to be here for 18 days either uh but let's try and you know, make the best of it. Well, that's one thing too. Like as a nurse, you're not just like taking care of them. You're almost like physically taking care of them. Like you're also helping, trying to help like them mentally. Some of them who aren't, you know, in a good place or or being an asshole or like you're you're trying. You're almost a counselor as well as a nurse. Oh, there. Um. Oh yeah. I'm. There's so many, so many situations come across where, you know, I just kind of. I feel bad. I almost feel like, you know, like I'm neglecting my, not that I'm neglecting, but, you know, there's times where I'll just kind of sit in there with the patient, um, you know, if they're very anxious, freaking out about something, um, you know, if they have issues at home, you know, and kind of sit there and like, talk to me about it, like, see, we can see if there's resources that we can find, you know, for when you go to, you know, help with this issue, when you go home, you know, you have patients that are like, I can't afford my med, you know, this medication because I gotta pay. It's either my medication or groceries, and you know, so you gotta get a whole thing. There's a lot of extra things. Like I'm always in contact. You know, we have social work and case managers, um, in house that kind of help. You know, with that stuff, um, with resources and figuring out ways to again set them up for success. That way, they can, you know, 
work on their health and, you know, not be in on one. We have so many patients that are in probably almost every month or every other month or even they'll leave and be back the next week for the same thing because they weren't able to get what they needed at home. Well, and like the reality is, is, I mean, this is, we're, we live in Newark. Like you're going to come across a lot of people who aren't financially mm-hmm. in a great place. And I mean, and in today's world, a lot of people are honestly struggling a little bit financially. People that were living comfortable, I would say, can't necessarily live as comfortable as they used to like that rainy day fund where you know people used to maybe it wasn't much but like your car broke down or something or you have you broke your arm you got to go to the hospital and that kind of stuff like it's hard anymore today so i feel like and we're in newark so you're gonna you got a lot of financially unstable people in the area yeah um and getting equipment like my you know my primary floor i usually work on um we you know we do the hip replacements knee replacements um, and so I have to do, a, we do a lot of work with the social work and insurance and the family, um, figure out, you know, what's the next step based on their PT. Do they need to go to a facility, home health? And, um, a lot of the big issue we arise with is you know, insurance. <laughs> oh my God. The biggest pain in my ass. Insurance companies, um, they like to, you know, not long ago, I felt so bad. I had this one who uh, had a very, very hard time getting up out of bed by herself she needed assistance with the leg um you know due to pain and once she got up and kind of moving then she moved well um and so based on the pt eval you know they have to put in a certain number you know how many feet they walked and if it's you know a certain amount even though that person cannot if they live alone at home she lived at home by herself uh she was in her 70s no family in the area she needed assistance um moving her legs, getting out of bed, getting her stuff, needed help getting dressed, needed help, you know, with certain things. Um, she wasn't at the level to where she could do it by herself. Um, she needed to go to a rehab facility for, you know, about two, three weeks of therapy to where she would be safe at home by herself. Um, well, like I said, once she got up moving, she moved well. She could, she walked well. But all that initial stuff she can't do, just because she walked a certain number of feet, her insurance company denied her and said she needed she they weren't going to pay for it. Because they assume they just they just look at the number. They, they look at that number. They just they look, look at the number at, and go, oh, that's good. They don't look at you know she lives home alone, has no family, she needs assistance with all this, but she can move well. Mm. But since she can move well, they you know suggested why doesn't she just pay for someone to you know the home health aid that can be there 24 7 because it's not cheap exactly <laughs> they said or she can pay out of pocket to go to the facility so she ended up paying a few thousand dollars because she was not scared to go home alone out no, of pocket out of her retirement it was out of her pocket yeah that's to it. get the care she needed do you see that kind of stuff with insurance a lot oh yeah What's the worst insurance company that you, have, you have to deal with? Do you even, you don't really deal with I them? I don't. Per se. That's more social work. I just, you know, because I, I do the discharge it. planning. Uh, you know, I help with, you know, I, you know, when I discharge them, I know where they're going. I know what's going on. So I just kind of know that. I mean, every insurance company has their own, you know, what they're going to pay for, what they will. It, it, it's all different across. So there's some areas where some are worse and others are not. But that's the big big pain in the butt with getting patients things they need we were kind of talking about this um the other day because you had to work this weekend and this weekend was lost lands 
And <laughs> I wanted to ask, what is the, like, take COVID out of the equation, just ignore COVID. What is the craziest time of year, like, where you get, like, the most, like, maybe, like, you just see a lot more visits? Is there, like, a specific, like, holiday or event that is in the area, like Lost Lands? Is it, what, what would you say is one of the bigger increase in visits? There, I mean, there's kind of multiple times. I mean, definitely holidays. Huge influx of food boluses. People eating too much food too fast that they get stuck and they have to come in because the house they removed. Um, you know, kind of like when it starts getting cold, you got you know got the flu, which we haven't had as much mm-hmm. the last couple years due to you know masks and all that. Um, is kind of different and it, a lot of waves. Um, but I was holidays, winter. Um, in the summer, I mean, you how many have, like, people small... do you guys usually get that fall down because they're putting up Christmas lights? Is that like a common thing? No, not, that's not too common. Damn. I was hoping it was. Um, honestly, the biggest, biggest thing we've had this summer, I, you know, I get all these cute little little ladies coming in that are, live at home independently, um, like in their eighties and nineties, and they fall and break their hip because they're out pulling weeds or you know, doing that kind of thing, get on ladders to do stuff, and it's. I, lo- I love seeing, you know, how independent and how feisty these. That's gonna be you. <laughs> that is gonna be you. <laughs> You're gonna fall and break your or tear your ACL for the seventeenth time. That would be the fourth. Thank you. Well, I, by by the time you're eighty, it might not be. <laughs> you hope it is. My my favorite I ever. Um, this was kind of more towards the beginning of the year, and she was elderly. She fell and uh, broke her ankle, and she had surgery and. You know, her four, her kids were all there when uh, in the room when she was coming back from surgery. Uh, they're all sitting on the couch. And, you know, she's still a little loopy from the the anesthesia and pain medication they were giving her downstairs. And her kids were all sitting there. And as soon as they wheel her in, they're like, oh, mom, you know, we're all here. We heard everything went great. Um, we're glad, you know, we're, you're back up here. And. She just looks at him, opens her eyes just a little bit, and just slips in the double bird and goes <laughs> right back to sleep. And I, I came out. How old her. did you say she was? <laughs> she was in her late 70s. Um, and literally just hard double bird at him, and they all just started laughing. Um, I mean, they knew she was just a little spitfire. So I, uh, that was kind of towards the end of my shift. She had a late surgery. So, um, she didn't wake up too much, um, towards the end of my shift. So I, but I was back the next day, um, got my same group back and a lot more awake. And I said, Hey, I said, what do you remember about coming back from surgery yesterday? She said, not much. I just, you know, I just slept. I said, you don't remember your kids greeting you in your room when you come back? She said, no. I said, Oh, you're going to ask them what happened. She said, well, what did I do? <laughs> She's like, are they mad at me? I said, well, you came back in and, you know, I told her and she would just start laughing. She's like, oh, I'll get over it. <laughs> uh, how, what's the typical like turnaround like after from surgery? Like how quick are they usually out the door? Um, Typically, you know, you have, you know, knees are a little bit quicker. They're usually go the next day in one or two days after surgery. Um, 
and then you know there's some that do end up staying you know maybe they're not doing well therapy they need to go to facility it all depends on timing because insurance companies don't run pre-certs over weekends and you always get the ones that get stuck on holiday you know the four-day holiday weekends um but typically about one to two days um and that's you know if they're doing well and going home or if they're going to a facility it's anywhere from you know about three or four days um mainly just because of insurance purposes and then hips um usually to keep them for two or three days um how quick are they up and walking same day that's what i thought that's Mm because clayton that's what he like i don't know he changed his career path like 20 different times (laughs) he was going to be a nurse and then he was going to be a teacher then he was going to be an electrician and now he's an electrician but um yeah he i remember him telling me like talking about it like how they were up that same day walking same day um so therapy's in the hospital until about 3 30 4 o'clock so on the late surgeries therapy doesn't come do their emails the next morning but you know they need to go to the restroom or anything like that we'll get them up or we mm-hmm. you know we I, I at least try to get them up uh the quicker they get up and get moving um the better they are in the long run um with pain and you know anything like that you know the more you get that joint moving <laughs> a lot better therapy and healing and just goes a lot smoother i'm going to give you the opportunity because usually i won't allow you to do this but Give me your, uh, if I throw up my dinner, I'll let you, I'll let you do it. But if I throw up my dinner, I'm sorry. Give me the grossest story that you got from being at the hospital. God, how do I pick? (laughs) There's too many. Some of the ones that you've also told me about the people that come in with things stuck inside of their, their butthole. Yeah, that's pretty, the objects are the most interesting. (laughs) What's the most interesting object that you've seen? Um, I don't know. We can talk about the hairspray can, the piece of a squirt gun, the cucumber, the uh, bottle of vanilla that you know you bake with. You can see how much vanilla was left in there. Uh, or you know, we could talk about the light bulb. What? <laughs> Did it break? No. Whoa. What kind of like a like a mm-hmm. regular mm-hmm. light bulb? Okay, mm-hmm. that's I don't uh, is impressive the right word. It's a gross, but interesting. Interesting Very... is the, that oh Jesus the amount of who all those things that you listed. The only one that like I hear and I feel like it. I don't want to say makes sense, but like. <laughs> It's more logical than most of the other ones. Like, none of this makes sense. No, no, none of it makes sense. But the cucumber is the only thing that I feel like is like, uh, okay. That's but like the funniest story. Uh, <laughs> the, the patient dated, they fell on it at the grocery store. And it slid all the way in. And the surgeon said, oh, that's interesting. Um, one, why were your pants down at the grocery store? <laughs> and two, I've never seen a cucumber stand straight up. And I've never had anyone just, you know, fall and land right on it perfectly. Like, <laughs> if he just said at home, I feel like he would have had a better <laughs> chance. Cause then it like, but then, you, yeah, you saying at the grocery store, yeah, then you have a hole in your pants. Um, <laughs> that, yeah, that's, that's strange, but mm-hmm. you want to tell the grossest story? What? I don't know how to pick. 
Yeah, I do a lot of gross things. Pick one of your favorites, because I know there, there's no favorites. All <laughs> <laughs> things I gotta do. Give me a give me a job. unique story. Something crazy. A unique story. Why don't you just tell me about the the guy uh, that once dude that uh, they gave you all the gifts story with uh the, yes. with your dad so um well most of you seen when cole posted the uh the t-shirt fundraiser um back in february my dad you know wasn't feeling very well he went and had some lab work done um and stuff and you know graciously you know i never asked for it but i was talking about it at work one day because i was kind of like you know like what should we do like what the next step you know like the doctor's office can't get this stuff scheduled for a few weeks and i mean like the way he was feeling his health was just declining pretty rapidly that last week of February there. Um, and so, you know, one of the doctor or two of the doctors that had kind of overheard, they're like, you know, like, have them come in, they can get this done. Like, you know, ASAP downstairs, have them admitted. Like I'll, you know, I can do this test, this scope, this stuff tomorrow. That way he doesn't have to wait six months. Like, you know, this isn't stuff, this isn't something that should be, you know, pushed off um for a few weeks you know which and i get like that's a huge part like scheduling outpatient stuff going through doctor's offices like there's so much delay and care for people um that it's just sad um because i mean if he would have waited you know the turnout could have been a lot worse um so anyway he got in and did the scan and Turns out he got diagnosed with aggressive large B cell uh, stage three non-Hodgkin's lymphoma um, at a young age of 46. Um, but they were able to get the diagnosis and the chemo started pretty uh, quickly within the nine days he was in the hospital after all of his tests and stuff. Um, he went through a few months of chemo and PET scan. Now we're kind of waiting on the next step because the last PET scan showed two new spots, but waiting to see if it's a lymphoma coming back or not. And kind of going for the next step there but anyway um two weeks after the diagnosis after my dad was discharged i had a gentleman who um got a new diagnosis very hard to come to terms with he had had an issue um with one of his he was in and out of the hospital all the time for this and just kind of never it finally got caught based on a scan that they you know ordered for him um and it was uh you know, a very aggressive kind of form of lung cancer. So he was just, you know, he's kind of the same age. He was, uh, I believe, 46, 47, same age as my dad. Um, and he was, you know, everyone's like, oh, you know, he's grumpy. And, I'm, you know, I'm just like kind of right there. I'm like, you know, I know something. I've been going through this. Um, you know, my dad's going through this. So I sat in there and talked to him. And uh, he he cried it out. All of this, he just was scared. That's his anger is coming from fear. So you know, I kind of tried to reassure him. It's like, you know, a couple of weeks ago, went through this whole process with my dad. Um, Cause he was worried about how long it was going to take. Cause he, you know, he's like in the past, you know, it's taken me months to get into this doctor and, you know, stuff. And he's like, there's just, you know, there's no point in doing this treatment. Like, it's just, you know, that's going to happen. And he's like, I'm, you know, he's like, I'm going to die. And I said, well, you know, you're in the hospital. So I said, we can get this, you know, oncology consulted. I said, when they got consulted for my dad, they saw him, you know, they did biopsies, they got the diagnosis. I said, they started chemo the next day. I said, things actually moved pretty fast. I said, let's just have some, you know, some faith. Um, you know, it's a big part of nursing. A big part of a job is being our patient's advocate. Um, 
you know, making sure they're heard, making sure their concerns are addressed, making sure they have what they need, trying our best to get everything that they need for their health. And, um, you know, I even, I eat, all right, I door dashed some, it was a weekend, so I was, you know, door dashing some Tim Hortons donuts. And I, I, door, I one extra for him. I took him in a donut. And apparently, you know, that was the biggest thing to him. He was like, you know, oh my God, like, apparently that was like, to him, that was like the nicest thing anyone's ever done for him. And I'm like, oh, it was just a donut. Like, I, <laughs> I had an extra. It's, you know, not that big of a deal. Um, you know, to me, it didn't seem like it. But, um, you know, things ended up actually, you know, going a lot quicker. And, you know, he kind of started coming down. And, um, you know, and I was there. I had him most of the time he was there in the hospital and um his wife was super sweet as well um anyway he got to eventually go home um you know had all of his treatments set up and everything and about a week later um i was at work and um his wife showed up with flowers a card for me um and he wrote put a little gift card in it was like uh, what did his note say? Uh, he he wrote a very sweet and made me cry. Very sweet message, um, and his card. But then the other one said, oh, "Donuts are on me next time." Um, but then what really t- he wrote a card for my dad, someone he had never met, but knew. You know, wrote a card to my dad, and my dad ended up showing it to me. And it was very, it was very very sweet, and my dad even teared up. You know, two guys who've never met but are able to share you know, kind of their feeling. Like, I just kind of felt like that middle person kind of connected with them. I gave them each, like, someone, each got someone to kind of, you know, give each other a little bit of hope, a little bit, like, all right, you know, like, I'm not the only one. It, it's scary, but to know you got someone else, you know, someone else going through it, you know, unfortunately, that is a huge reason. You know, even with all the burnout, all the hard days, that's one of the biggest things that just keeps you going as a nurse are those moments, those patients that you are able to have an impact, even the smallest thing, sitting there and listening for five minutes, letting them cry for five minutes, getting them one chocolate dip donut from Tim Hortons. Um, That's why I love what I do. Well, that's the thing too, is like you could be, you could do that and they might not ever, you know, give you a gift card, get like, like pay it. I don't want to say pay it back, but like, you know, give you flowers and do that stuff. But like, they might, you know, be at home talking to their kids or talking to their significant other or something about, oh, you know, this nurse, she was all like, you never know the impact that you're leaving on your patients. And you always want to try and make it a positive one. And and I uh, give you a lot of credit for that. I know that uh, you you came home. Well, I remember you coming home and I'm like, what? What is all this stuff? He just had a ton of stuff. And, but, it, like I was, it, it is probably what keeps you going. It gives you the, it's part of your why you do what you do. Even, and I don't, you know, I don't sit there and try like, oh, I need to want to make the biggest impact I can. Like, mm-hmm. I just try and do what I can, even if it's, you know, getting a small, like, you know, someone's having a hard day in the hospital. I'm like, oh, you know, you want some yeah, ice cream? Like, we can go for a walk. Like, you know, just like I try and do like something little. Um, for someone just you know no one wants to be sick no one wants to be in the hospital no one wants to be poked and prodded you know get lab results all this you know I, you know i understand 
people aren't just mean or, you know, they're sick. They're not feeling well. You know, this is, we're seeing them at their worst. Um, you know, it's, this isn't who they are while they're there in the hospital. So, um, it was nice going with my dad when I went with my dad to his treatments. Um, I would kind of, I would run into that gentleman here and there and I was able to, you know, see how he was doing and, um, stuff like that. So every time I saw him, how's your dad doing? It was never, uh, and even when I, you know, when I had him in the hospital talking, when he had all this fear and all this anger about this new diagnosis, he kept trying to apologize. He's like, oh, I'm so sorry your dad's going through this. I'm so sorry. I'm like, you're going through it too. <laughs> I mean, you do not apologize. Like, I'm just, you know, once you know you're not alone, like, I know what you're going through. I know, like, you know, it's not easy. It's okay to be scared. It's okay to be angry. You know, it's, you know, there's a lot of unknowns, but you just got to take it one day, one step at a time. That's when it's okay to be angry sometimes. Yeah, don't. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Stretching uh, it there. I'm just kidding. But you got a, you got yourself a new little job now. So uh, what's, so what are you like? So we talked about obviously what you've been doing, but like, what are you going into now? So I decided to try and go um, new setting. I've been here at the hospital um, doing the orthopedic three years. Um, the orthopedic surgeons aren't too happy um, that I lean, but. Uh, do just staffing and stuff, you know, I'm going to stay at the hospital and do 90 days, um, you know, get some new people in, get some training done, you know, that way they're not just kind of left, um, left stranded there. But I've accepted a job, um, still with Lucky Memorial, still at the hospital, um, but at the home health care. Um, and I decided to transition to this because, um, I'll still be taking care of, you know, the same patients I have now in the hospital. Um, but the next step, the next, you know, the, the patients I have, I, I discharge them home with our home health care a lot. Um, and so to kind of take care of them in the next part of their, you know, therapy, their rehab, their next part of their health. And um, another reason, I'm like I said in the beginning, I love wounds. Don't know why. That's just one area I love. In the hospital, you know, we have a wound team. So there's not much. I mean, I do, you know, you have your daily dressing changes. But, you know, you're following you know, the orders, what's going on. Um, you have wound backs in the hospital per inpatient ho- uh, policy. We're only allowed to look at them and you know, assess them, make sure the suction, everything's maintaining, it's working properly, but we don't get to apply them or do anything like that. Um, and so doing the home health care, I'll actually get to do more hands-on with that, learn more about that. Um, I kind of just want to learn more about something I'm interested in and, uh, I was talking to the manager over there and the hospital is going to be doing a new like wound certification for like through the hospital. Um, Cause normally you can get your wound certification online and pay for it. And stuff, But this, the, if you qualify and like get accepted into it, it's paid for. So um, they have me, uh, I'll be applying for that. And um, so I'll be, yeah, I'll be going into patients' homes and um, you know, doing their, what they need at home dressings, um, anything like that, and it'll be a little bit different going into, you know, their homes, and, you know, but I'll be doing four Something, tens. I'll be a little bit different schedule. I feel like there's a lot of pros in it for you, which I didn't necessarily fight you on it at first. I wanted to make sure you were making a rational decision, <laughs> um, but, you know, the hours will be better for you in the long run. 
of your life and uh with um i feel like you're going to be doing something that you not that you don't don't enjoy what you do now but something that you find more interest in and uh, i'm excited because like i said i love the one-on-one the getting to know my patients whereas right now you know it's i try and get to know them but it's like then i don't know you know i don't keep up with them or you know see how they're doing after so with this um they're usually on with the home like at the hospital it's like a few days um with the home health care you know we're seeing them for weeks months you know depending until you know what we need to do is done so um i'll definitely really get to know and build a little bit more relationships um or report with my my patients um so my mom does the home health. i'll be working with my mom actually we'll see how that goes um shout out stacy <laughs> She's excited. I'm like, yeah, you don't tell everyone that I'm your daughter. Um, no, uh, it'll be a lot of fun. But um, you know, she know? still has, she still has, pay, uh, patience and stuff that apparently you know she talks about as proud mom, all this stuff about sports. But they would follow along. Our patients would follow along with our sports. They would have our like like newspapers article or like stuff like that. And they still have a few patients that still um do their services. And so it, you know. They've known me for a while or known about me, and I don't really know them, but, um, you know, there's still patients that keep up with her, keep in contact with her, and just let them know how she's there, how they're doing, and I'm excited for that. I'm excited for getting to know them a little bit more and, um, you know. Actually build a relationship. During my time with them, it's just me and them. It's not me, you know, in the hospital with you know the five other patients needing something and you know doctors calling and like oh like okay i know we're in a good conversation but i had to go so like that like it's i'm there i'm with this patient a little less chaos one-on-one i can focus on them kind of thing well you're excited for it i am soon enough you'll be doing it but you ready to move on to the final segments of the podcast let's do it I got a question that I ask all of my guests. Mm-hmm. And you know what's coming. Because you listen. <laughs> <laughs> if you could go back in time and tell your 16-year-old self one thing, what would it be? Other than find coal sooner. I don't know if I would have told my 16-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's kind of rude. <laughs> uh, um... Yeah, see, you know, I knew this would be a question, yet still here I am having a hard time <laughs> figuring it's out a what hard I question because Somebody threw it back. I think it was Robbie one time threw it back at me, and I was like, oh. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you you asked the question, and you don't even answer them yourself at the time. Um, it's my podcast. So I ask the questions. Long it feels like it was yesterday. That was almost um, 10 years ago for you. <laughs> it really hasn't been that long. I feel like it was just yesterday. Uh, oh, 16-year-old self. This is when I was having my second ACL surgery. <laughs> um, I tell myself to build some better quads so I don't tear my ACL three times. <laughs> well, you already have two. Might as well just get the third one knocked out after that. Oh, goodness. No. Um, I think I would, you know, just like enjoy the moment. Don't wish to become an adult so fast. So, yeah. yeah, like the independence is nice, but man. It's uh, bills are not nice. Yeah, you got. You're just not learning what. Yeah. Yeah. You've been here. 
Well, and the loans. I mean, like, yeah, I loaded it, and I got more than just that bill. Well, the, I, yeah, I had my phone bill. Obviously, I paid for my gas. Um, Apple Music, because, I mean, I gotta have music. Uh, 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 uh. I do wish I would have. The one thing I wish I could tell myself is educate yourself about student loans. Oh, yeah. Those are not talked about enough before going to college. No. They're, well, uh, here, here's the thing. Not even just educate yourself about college itself. And then if you take decide to take the college path, educate yourself financially what mm-hmm. it's going to be like. Set yourself up for success Honestly, for when you graduate college. I wish I would have educated myself financially in general a lot mm-hmm. better. Because, like, managing money. Like, we can all manage money. Or, like, investing. that, Like, that kind of stuff. Because... I got you a little bit into uh, the crypto world. And I haven't checked that. No, <laughs> it's not worth checking right now. It's kind of disappointing to even look at. But yeah, I wish I definitely would have been a little bit more educated on that. Um, and then just wish I wasn't so stubborn because a big part of it was I was, you know, I'm like, oh, Otterbein has an amazing nerd. Like, you know, I'll have amazing experiences. Like, I want to get away from home a little bit. Like, you know, I have to. I need to do it. No, no, I didn't. I would have had, you know, don't get me wrong, I, I, I love my time there. Love all my friends. Um, well, a lot of my closest friends were people I met in college and my clinicals were, you know, everything was amazing. There's nothing, you know, about it that I'm like, oh, yeah, no, you know, it wasn't worth it. But financially, mm. I would have That's exactly stayed how home and worked while I went to school and not have the debt that I do. That's exactly how I am with. That is the only, you know, I guess, regret per se that I have about that. Yeah, I feel like we're kind of both the same about our college experience. Like, we don't regret what we did, but we wish we would have done it differently. Yeah, it wasn't. Uh, like, I don't regret going to Ohio. It wasn't worth how much. Yes. I, was it worth $80,000, sixty, $100,000? Or was it worth twenty at home? Mm-hmm. But yeah, and I hate to tell you this, but you're still stubborn. Anyway, this no, is I am going to move us into the. Nor do I make impulsive <laughs> decisions. I am patient, and I think of everything through. <laughs> okay. Anyway, this moves <laughs> us into the best segment of the podcast, which is Motivation Monday. Motivation Monday is the point in the episode where I allow the guests to give the Roughnecks listeners a little inspirational bump to set the tone for their week as they listen on Monday morning. So what is Tech Girl, a.k.a. Sierra, sorry, Sierra, a.k.a. Tech Girl, there we go, is that better for you, have for Motivation Monday? A.k.a. Roughnecks personal photographer, a.k.a. Fine, you can start running the social media, too. No, thank you. (laughs) I do a lot for you. You do. I appreciate it. All right, you ready for my quote? Motivation Monday, let's, let's see what you got. Success is not final. Failure is not fatal. It is the courage to continue that counts. Ooh. Ooh. Where'd you hear that at? You know, I read it once. (laughs) No, it's actually, it's a Winston Churchill. I like that. The part that sticks with me, though, is that, you know, because my personality is quite like, yeah, you need everything to be perfect. (laughs) But. Um, so I struggle with that part. Anyway, if you let me speak, um, 
you wanted me to be a guest. <laughs> um, the one sentence that sticks with me is that the failure is not fatal. Mm-hmm. We've talked about it. You've heard it how many times on this freaking podcast. Mm-hmm. Your failures don't define you, but you'll learn and you're going to learn more from those than you ever will your successes. I had a second quote in case, you know, you know, that I had options. Um, and, oh God, where did I put it? Oh, yeah, it was, um, God, I'm, I'm tired of this long day's video. Um, failure is the opportunity to begin again or to start over again intelligently. Yeah. Yeah, failure's opportunity to begin again more intelligently. And that's the thing, if you start looking at your failures as a learning experience, it's really tough to do in the moment. It's really tough to do. But how many of your, you know, times that you messed up as a 16-year-old or even last week or whatever, do you look back at and you go, man, I'm never going to do that again. Like, or I'm, yeah, you, you learn from it. You don't want, in the moment, it's really hard to be like, okay, this is a learning experience. I didn't mess up here. It's just a learning experience. No, we're, we're going to be pissed. We're going to be pissed off. We're going to be like, what the hell is going on? Mm-hmm. But eventually... I mean, hopefully you, that's also the thing. If you recognize that you messed up, if you recognize it's a failure, you're already, you're already learning from it. Just from the recognition. If you realize it's wrong, if you realize you messed up, you're learning. And that's even, that's a huge part in building your, you know, your character and building yourself personally, just realizing and accepting that as a failure, not making an excuse Mm -hmm. and using it. That's how you build yourself. Yeah. Thanks. It went longer than you thought it was going to go. You were like, how long does it have to be? And I was like, give me at least a half hour. We went an hour. Yeah, and I'm ready for bed. <laughs> yeah, it is late on Sunday night. This, we're recording this the night before it comes out, but we're getting it out. So I'll uh, I'll go edit this while you go take a shower and go to bed. And um, Yeah, but thank you for coming on the Roughnecks podcast. We will have you back on for two more episodes at the very very least i feel like i should just give you guys your your own segment on the podcast you you guys just you and somebody else you guys can we can combine two me me shalantina no no that is a terrible idea why not (laughs) that is a terrible idea come on will i be your guys's tech boy we'd have the most years oh really oh all right you know what i'm gonna do we're gonna do our (laughs) special hold my beer episode <laughs> with you Michelle and Tina and we'll see how it goes alright but if it gets more if it, it's, if it's in the top five episodes I'll let you guys have your own segment or, right. or we'll, we'll put something on the table so Michelle and Tina if you're listening because I bet you they listen if you guys are listening we're making it happen. But until Friday, you guys know the deal. Life is hard. And it's going to knock you down just like a bull does to a bull rider. Don't let the bull of life walk all over you. Get up, grab the bull by the horns, and take control of your life. Roughnecks, help. Thank you all for tuning in to this week's episode of the Roughnecks Podcast. If you like today's episode, then be sure to subscribe, rate, and review, and share it with a friend if you got some value from it. Head over to social media and follow the Roughnecks Podcast on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, Facebook, and subscribe to that YouTube channel.
Don't forget to get you some of that merch by heading over to roughneckspodcast.com and subscribe to the newsletter while you're there. See y'all next week. Roughnecks out.